Jesus said, Father, I desire that they also, whom thou hast given me, may be with me where I am. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today we find ourselves in a strange and mysterious and somewhat unique interlude in the story of our salvation. In the liturgical calendar, this is the only Sunday in all of the church year that stands between our Lord's ascension into the heavens, where he sits at the right hand of the Father, and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And I often wonder in this 10-day time frame between the ascension and Pentecost, we, we celebrated the ascension, which falls 40 days after the resurrection of our Lord. It always falls on a Thursday. This past Thursday was the Feast of the Ascension, and Pentecost is next Sunday. There's 10 days here. I've often wondered what these 10 days must have felt like for those first disciples who actually experienced this interlude between our Lord's ascension to the right hand of the Father while they waited for the coming of the Holy Spirit. I mean, here they have experienced our Lord's teachings, his healing and miracles. They have witnessed his death, his burial, his resurrection from the dead. The risen Christ appears to them at various times and places over the course of 40 days. And then on that 40th day, he ascends into the heavens where he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And now, here they are, and here they wait. What must those 10 days have felt like to those first disciples? Well, we have some insight into their emotional state from the Gospel of Luke. St. Luke tells us that they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. Even though Christ had departed from their midst, they still were filled with great joy. The reason being uh, that they were filled with the hope, the assurance of the hope that God would send them a comforter, a spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised them that he would be with them always. He told them to wait in Jerusalem for this coming of the spirit of truth. He told them that they would be clothed from power on high. And so they were filled with this great hope. They did not have a sense or feeling of abandonment. They knew, they believed, that he would send his spirit, and through his spirit, he would be with them always, even to the end of the age. But it occurs to me that for many living in the modern age, their experience might be similar to those disciples in this 10-day period, except without the part about the hope and the expectation of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 21st century Western culture has aptly been described as post-Christian. That is, Christ uh, has departed from the world. We are beyond Christendom. For some, this may mean that our Lord has drifted into the heavens where he remains somewhat disengaged or perhaps disinterested 
in world affairs. For others, however, it may mean that in their view, he never existed in the first place, at least not as God incarnate. And in this view, the whole of the Christian faith is just one more in many a line of archaic and pre-modern mythologies. But in either case, whether the view is that God has simply left the building or never existed in the first place, the net result is the same. God is not present. He has left. He is gone. Uh, in 1978, Russian author and historian Alexander Solzhenitsyn spoke pointedly and prophetically and provocatively to this notion that God has left the building. And he did so in a commencement address that he gave at Harvard University, which was titled, A World Split Apart. And to demonstrate um, that I try to be merciful as our Lord is merciful, I'm not going to read you the whole address right now. <laughs> I'm just going to cut to the chase at the end and give you kind of the, the climactic conclusion. He writes... There is a disaster which has already been underway for quite some time. I am referring to the calamity of a de-spiritualized and an irreligious humanistic consciousness. De-spiritualized and irreligious humanistic consciousness. He goes on to give a brief um, accounting of how we got here. He says, on the way from the Renaissance to our days, we have enriched our experience. And here he's giving a nod to the benefits of the Enlightenment. We have enriched our experience. However, we have also lost, he says, the concept of a supreme, complete entity. And he has capitalized that phrase. It's a reference to God, the Godhead. We have lost the concept of a supreme, complete entity which, he says, used to restrain our passions and our irresponsibility. We have placed too much hope in political and social reforms only to find out that we are being deprived of our most precious possession. And that is, he says, our spiritual life. Uh, in the East, this spiritual life, it is destroyed by the dealings and machinations of the ruling party. In the West, commercial interests tend to suffocate it. This is the real crisis. The split in the world, he says, is less terrible than the similarity of the disease plaguing its main sections. Those are of East and West. And that disease is what he articulates as the loss of the concept of God and therefore the deprivation of the spiritual life. Imagine him saying these words in 1978 at Harvard University. And indeed, his words are not untrue. And yet in the face of this modern cultural proclamation that God, if there ever was a God, has long since abandoned humanity and left her to her own devices, there remains the unchanging and eternal good news of the Christian faith, which we celebrate this day 
which in many respects comes to its glorious climax on the Feast of the Ascension. Not only has God not left the building, not abandoned humanity, but in fact God has restored and reunited humanity to himself through his Son, our Lord. And this mission of restoration, of reunion, of what we also call redemption, is accomplished through our Lord's incarnation, his death, his resurrection, and finally and completely and ultimately in his glorious ascension. Listen to these words by St. Leo the Great. And as you do, ponder what they mean for us, that is, for our humanity, our flesh and blood. What has happened to our humanity through our Lord? He writes of the ascension, It was certainly a great and indescribable source of joy when, in the sight of the heavenly multitudes, the nature of our human race ascended over the dignity of all heavenly creatures. It passed the angelic orders. Notice, he's not even speaking from the perspective of the disciples who see our Lord ascend bodily into the heavens. He's speaking from the vantage point of the heavens themselves and watching our humanity pass through them. It passed the angelic orders and was raised beyond the heights of the archangels. In its ascension, that is, our humanity, in its ascension, our human race did not stop at any other height until this same nature, our nature, was received at the seat of the Eternal Father. Our human nature, united with the divinity of the Son, was on the throne of his glory. This is what is accomplished in his ascension. St. Leo goes on to say that the ascension of Christ is our elevation. Hope for the body, that's us, is also invited where the glory of the head preceded us. This is because the head and the body are one. Let us then exalt, he says, with worthy joy and be glad with the holy thanksgiving. Today we not only are established as possessors of paradise, but we have even penetrated the heights of the heavens in Christ. We have a tendency in our excitement and anticipation of the Feast of Pentecost to skip over the importance of the ascension of our Lord. And in truth, the coming of the Holy Spirit has virtually no meaning apart from our Lord and his ascension. When the Holy Spirit falls upon the disciples at that first Pentecost, and indeed on us through the sacraments of the church, he does not unite us to the crucified Christ or even to the crucified and risen Christ. The Holy Spirit, who is sent down from heaven to dwell within us, unites us to the crucified, risen, and ascended Christ, to Christ the King, the God-man, seated at the right hand of the Father, far above the heavenly hosts, who reigns in glorious majesty over the whole of the heavens and the earth. This is who we are united to by the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. 
The early 20th century spiritual writer Oswald Chambers points out this truth when he says, It is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit which changes us, but the power of the ascended Christ coming into our lives by the Holy Spirit that changes us. He says we too often divorce what the New Testament never divorces. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not an experience apart from Jesus Christ. It is the evidence of the ascended Christ. He says, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive the quickening life that is from the ascended Lord. God has not abandoned us. Christ has not abandoned us. Quite the contrary. God in Christ has united humanity to himself through the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. This he gives to us in all of its fullness through his church and the sacramental life of the church. We will celebrate some first Holy Communions in just a few moments. And in this communion of these young people, as in every communion that we receive, we are united with not just our crucified and risen but our crucified, risen, and ascended Lord. He has done this, given us this gift, so that where he is, we might also be and reign with him in glory. It is a fulfillment of his prayer to the Father that we read in today's gospel when our Lord says, Father, I desire that they also whom thou hast given me, that they may be with me where I am, which is reigning in glory at the right hand of the Father. Let us pray. O God, the King of glory, who hast exalted thine only Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph unto thy kingdom in heaven, we beseech thee, leave us not comfortless, but send to us thine Holy Ghost, to comfort us and to exalt us unto the same place whither our Savior Christ is gone before, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the same Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen.